<laughs> we have begun this, uh, this conquest from Elijah and now we're ending with Moses. And why did the Lord decide this kind of order? It's because Elijah and Moses are both uh, the two witnesses. And that's why we're going to begin with them and end with them. And today is going to be the last service for this long conference that we just had. And as you know, the schedule for me for January is very, is very difficult. And so I'm going to be taking a short break after the Young Adults Conference. And <clears throat> as a church and as individuals, it's a great blessing for us to be able to begin this year with, with, with such blessings. And uh, the only... The only downside to this was that we weren't able to gather as Zoe Ministry uh, as a whole because no, like, we, we couldn't find any location that was willing to uh, accommodate us or it gets too expensive. And I'm sure God's going to decide what's going to happen to this church, the future of this church. By, within the, the first half of this year, whether, he, whether or not he's going to bless us with the amount of money that we need to construct our actual church, uh, that is up to God to decide. But, but if the Lord does not uh, bestow upon us the, this money, then we'll take it as a sign that that the Lord does not want us to gather together to hold these big conferences anymore and that each church needs to, to fight individually to maintain their holiness and to prepare for themselves as the remnants of God. Because uh, it is very difficult and almost impossible for us to find the right locations to hold conferences anymore. And the, the price for these places are getting too expensive for us to bear. But nonetheless, we need to continue to rec uh, receive grace and use the grace that we have received to bless others and especially bless the, the overseas uh, connections that we have. Please continue to pray for the churches in China because as you know, their situation is also very difficult and it is getting more difficult for them to keep their faith. So please pray for them. So please keep them in your prayers. And apparently all of the leaders were infected with the corona disease recently. So please pray for them. And pray, please pray that the doors of, of China and Korea will be opened so that uh, our brothers and sisters from China may come into to Korea to get trained. And also, we said that we are scheduling a conference in Israel in September. But uh, currently, the prices are, are way over our budget, and so we're not sure if we're going to be holding that conference yet at this point. In August, in August, I think we'll be holding a, a, a conference in this church. 
this this this, uh, this is our overall schedule in a nutshell, and nothing is set completely yet. So let's await for how the Lord's going to work upon us in this year. So, did you did you guys receive grace during this conference? So whether or not you received much grace as a as a, as an individual is not so important because this whole church has received the Lord's grace and blessings through this conference. And during a year, there are, there are some times that the Lord will set you off uh, another trajectory just very abruptly at times, but it's not common. So, and so usually during the beginning of the year, you will realize how the Lord is going to guide you through this year because He gives you the overall idea of how, how He's going to guide your life and your family. But since the enemy also knows of, of the overall direction that the Lord is guiding us right now, they set traps in our paths. And not just you guys, but to me as well. Whenever this, this conference is, is decided, the enemy will not will, will keep themselves busy setting up traps that, that in the hopes of, of getting us to fall into it. But don't be afraid because you have to realize that you are not controlled by the things of the enemy, but you are controlled by the glory of God. So if you have received grace during this conference, then again, you're going to remain and remain within his grace throughout the blessing conference, not the blessing, the blessing service ministry, blessing ministry next week. And from the schedule that the Lord has given me, you'll realize that God loves you guys more than He loves me because if He loved me more, then He would not have me go through this kind of difficult, uh, difficult schedule. So we're going to conclude this conference with Moses. The reason why God is giving us this message on the appointment service is because He wants to emphasize the importance of the leader, the leader that He has raised. And there are many pers perspectives to this. But Moses was a great leader and an important leader because he was in charge of leading three million Israelites in the wilderness. Can you imagine, can you imagine leading three million people behind you? You won't survive a year. So from that alone, from the, from the amount of people that he had to let alone, you'll realize how great a leader Moses was. And Moses lived to around 120 years, years of age. And so how was this possible? It's possible because he did not live with his own strength. And he allowed the Lord to rule over him. If you want to become a leader, and like Moses... Even if you're not a leader of 200, um, of two or three million, whether it be uh, a cell group leader of, of five people or a deacon, a deaconess, an elder, you're all leaders of the church regardless of how many people are following you. 
But no matter how many people you're leading, it is important for you to, to, to be under the guidance of God throughout your whole ministry. And of course, God sets up many leaders around him and, and, and to help him in his ministry. But God really likes it when he's able to set up a great leader for him to lead for many, many years. And God has already invested so much time and so much energy into uh, training me. And that's why he wants to, to use me as the leader of this church for many years. And he has already been leading, uh, have, have already been making me the leader for many years. But in order to raise one leader as myself, the Lord did many things. I heard in school that in order to, to train a pilot to be, to be well-trained enough to fly a plane, it, it takes around like $500 million. How... How much money does it take to train a doctor, for a doctor to be educated? Uh, a, a military doctor. A military doctor takes around 400 million, I think. Is, is he? And probably it's more expensive now than it was back, back uh, when I was younger. So anyways, that's not the important thing. I'm just talking about investment, how much the Lord also invests in us so that we may become His glorious leaders. And you have to realize how much the Lord is investing in you in order for you to become a leader. The amount of grace, blessings, and training that He is pouring upon you. And in my case, when I was going to seminary school, I never studied with, with my own, with my own uh, methods because the whole time I was in school, it was done through the grace of God. Through the grace of God. And that, that alone is, is a great investment that the Lord has made into me, put into me. But for you guys as well, for you to become a deacon, for you to become a deaconess or an elder, the Lord has already invested so much in you. And so we must all be devoted to God. Moses, a leader who had to lead two to three million people in the wilderness. And because he, he, he was able to achieve such great feats, Moses is the leader that we look up to when it comes to leading a group of people. And the key to that is, is not how, how talented you are in leading people and how, you're, how great you are at, at becoming a role model, but how much you're willing to, to become a servant of God. Being a skillful speaker, being a skillful leader may be something that the world talks about, but that's not the case in the kingdom of God. And the reason why Jesus came to this earth wearing the flesh was also the same reason because, because we are too weak of, of a being 
God had to send his son in order to become the, the, the great leader to come and lead us out of death, lead us out of punishment and judgment. But Moses was a great leader because he allowed the Lord to work through him, for the Lord to, Lord to rule over Israel through him. And so he became a vessel rather than a, 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 an independent leader. And so today, to all the leaders who are listening right now, this is a great blessing that you need to receive, and that is the leader, blessing of leadership. The blessing of leadership is extraordinary, especially for the men as well, because you have to lead your families. There is a great difference between one who has received the blessing of leadership and one who hasn't. And after serving the Lord for, well, after serving the pastors of, of Zori Ministry for for over 20 years, I can see the differences in each of them. Some of them are, are allowing the Lord to work through them, but some of them aren't. And that means they don't understand what it means to be a leader because they, don't, they haven't received the blessing of leadership. But people like me, people are, and those people, the, the, the usual case for them is that they're excellent in their own ways. They have, they have talent. They have something that they can, they can show to the people, and that's why they hold on to it so preciously. But on the other hand, people like me, people who had nothing, no skill set, nothing to show, you, uh, show the people, we, uh, the Lord is able to work through us easier because we're willing to, to let the Lord, uh, we're willing to become dependent on God. And so leadership is something that is necessary for the men and also, and also, of course, to the women as well. But the men, especially, you have to be leaders in your families. You have to be leaders in, in the world as you work. So what is the core? What is the core of leadership then? Actually, leadership has already has been given to us since the beginning of creation. When the Lord created mankind, He gave them leadership. Let's look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. It's such an important message. It says, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So this is the blessing of leadership. And this leadership is important for the men. And why is it important for the men to have this leadership? It's because the man was created to be the head of the family, to be the head over their, their wives. And so if this spiritual order is not set correctly within your family, then it, it creates a weird dynamic. And so that brings a lot of difficulty into, into your lives. So when, you need to receive this leader, uh, blessing of leadership in order to, to, to bring happiness to your family in the end. Some foolish women think the men need to fully support them, do whatever they tell them to do, and become almost their servants. But that's, that is a very, very foolish mindset. The, the one thing that you should be focused on is whether or not your man is the spiritual leader of your household. 
So if the brothers do not have this leadership, then they lose energy in doing these unnecessary things. There are some brothers who, who spend all the money on, on themselves rather than spending on their families or, to, on, or upon their wives. And that is also very foolish. It means he doesn't have the blessing of leadership because he doesn't understand what it means to be a leader. So when the when our men, when the men are, are raised as the right leaders, then he would be able to guide the household correctly. Look at this church. Do I touch every little specific detail of this church? No, I leave it to the leaders. I leave it to the associate pastors, to the, the ministers, the other leaders of this church. I don't touch the little specific details, every little specific detail of this church. So leadership is very important because it gives you uh, it gives you a frame to work in. And right now I'm looking, I'm able to look at the overall trend of how God is working in this community. And since I know how God is moving, where He is moving, I'm able to guide, lead this ministry, lead this ministry, lead this community towards that direction. But in my family as well, I'm the head of the family. And I'm looking at the overall trend of how God is leading this family and every member of my family as well. Then I would lead the family in that direction as well. Sometimes even when I try to lead it, my family members won't follow along that, that, that neatly. But nonetheless, it means that I'm, able, I'm still able to see how God is working upon their lives. Uh, so. I'm able to see the big picture. But if you cannot see the big picture, if you cannot become this leader, then your life becomes very difficult, especially if you have families. So the father has to become a leader in order to set their children on the right path. Amen. And everything will be done to you swiftly. So in this last session, more than anything, you must receive this blessing of leadership through the sermon. Whether it be a small organization or a big, huge organization, whatever it may be, if you are given the title as a leader, then you must be able to see the overall picture of that organization. So let's look at the leadership of Moses today. Moses, the one with the, the, the most powerful leadership in the Bible, because he was able to guide three million people out in the wilderness. Think about all the people that would be a part of that three million. People who probably gave him a lot of trouble, people who didn't listen to what he said, all that. 
and the group, uh, the number of people in these churches is incomparable to the three million that Moses led. But even within this organization, there have been so many people that that brought so much trouble and issue within this community. So you can only imagine what Moses had to go through. Chapter twelve, verse one. Do you guys do you guys have faith? Have faith that you're gonna you're gonna be able to receive this leadership. And usually, when the head pastor lays his hand upon you, he's able to transfer all the, all, the, all the blessings and all the faith and all the revelation that he has received into you. And so it means that you have already received this leadership through me before. And God has given me leadership, and so it doesn't make sense for you to not be able to uh, receive this leadership as well. What is the key to leadership? Is to uh, is to increase in number, be fruitful, increase in number, and rule over the earth. There's the three core things that are three core characteristics given to the Lord's leaders. When the glory of God comes into you, and all this will be done automatically for you. And this itself is a blessing of God. So when you look at yourself, when you look at somebody else and say, oh, that person can never be a leader, that, that doesn't make sense. And that is a very faith, uh, unfaithful thing to say. In Hebrews 6, what does, what does the Lord say? say? He says, I want to bless and bless and bless you. Because Jesus came to bless the world and to set right the spiritual order that God has originally created this world in. But if you're unable to believe in this message and believe in the promise of God, then that is the reason why you're unable to utilize the leadership that God has given to you. So if you live by the Spirit and live by faith, then no matter who, may, who it, may, it may be, you will become a leader. But if you're unable to activate your leadership, then that is, a, that is an issue. And in the case of men, you become a controlling you start controlling over your, your family, your kids. Men will become control freaks. And the, the sisters, the women will become like Jezebel. And in some ways, being a, a control freak and being a leader may be similar in some cases, but they are completely different. The, well, the, 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 the crucial difference is that when you become a dominator, when you become a dictator in, in that sort, you won't be able to grow, and your family, your followers will never be allowed to grow as well. And I've said before, when the head pastor becomes the right leader, his church should become a, a nation of it itself. And that's why we have to set up leaders around the world as well. Wherever we go to hold conferences, we must set up leaders in the local leaders so that they may become uh, a nation of themselves as they create networks between their churches and their ministries. So that is how important leadership is. And the way to becoming a leader is to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to be filled with faith. And we have many businessmen here.
when you're leading your businesses, if you do not have leadership, then that means really your business is never going to grow and it's just going to become a supermarket, uh, uh, become like a supermarket in, in this neighborhood. But because these people are men of faith, they're able to, to uh, allow the Lord's dominion to come over their, their businesses. And that's why it is growing. And in the case of Deacon Kim Byung-chul, he, he's almost a group leader now because he is the head of three, three companies. And people who have leadership will be able to see, uh, see how the Lord is working. And when God decides something to happen, He will send people. He will set up a leader to be, uh, to to trust this 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 ministry or this business. And the Lord's leaders will also have authority over people and authority over materials. And when I went to went to hold uh, a service in, in Ant, the, the church company. I immediately proclaimed to that company that this is going to become a great and big company because it is set, it is made by the Lord and He has put His leaders in it. So today we must all receive this blessing of leadership from the Lord because your life is completely different when you have leadership and when you don't. And so we're very thankful. Sometimes when we think of leadership, we think of somebody who's busy, very busy and always working towards something, but that's not the case. And are leaders people who are just loud, who are able to lead people? No. And even myself, I did not lead this church because I'm the loudest person in the church. Moses himself was probably not a loud person as well. He was quiet and calm, but through him, the Lord has, was able to uh, lead the, the, the three million Israelites. So maybe I, should always, uh, maybe I should control myself and become calm and, and lower my voice a bit too. So let's begin. Verse 1. Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of his Christian wife. Cush, Cush the, is, as you know, is Ethiopia in the modern world. And so Miriam and Aaron came, came to talk against him, meaning they were rebelling against Moses because of this issue of his wife. Theologians say that the reason why Miriam and Aaron had issues with this was because Moses married a foreigner. But I don't think that's the case. Because in this age, because in this era, um, there wasn't a clear biological difference between the Israelites and the foreigners people like the Kushlites. And that means a lot of people were mixed already. And the reason why Israel was called Israel is because they have received uh, the calling of God. (laughs) 
and so uh, Moses's wife already has has been accepted into the community, and she has received the message of God, and that's why she. I don't think it's right for for them to be having issue with her being a foreigner, because their their bloods have already been mixed. And people who believe in the Lord were called His people. And that's how you can become an Israelite during that era. So rather than having issue with his wife because she's a foreigner, I think uh, Miriam and Aaron just didn't like her, had issues with her as a person, not because of her, her background. Because there, I'm sure there wasn't a clear racial difference between racial difference uh, for the Israelites and for the foreigners back back then. And because she's a Kushite from Ethiopia, I'm sure she's a little bit more dark-skinned than the rest of Israel. But I'm, I'm just saying that this wasn't an issue of discrimination or, or uh, a racial problem. They, I think they just didn't like her as a person. And later on, because of the words of the Lord, we can re- we can realize that I think we think we can realize that Miriam and Aaron were just becoming prideful. If it was a problem for Moses to to be married to a foreign woman. Then it would be it would have been uh, uh, it would have been touched by the Lord. And I think even if the Lord wasn't completely pleased with Moses receiving this woman, I think the Lord wasn't holding it against him. And in our case, when we don't receive grace when we're not filled with the Holy Spirit, at times we look at a person's actions and we say, oh, we, I just don't like that person because of what they, what they do. When we have fallen out of grace, that, that is really uh, natural for us to do, to dislike somebody. And we even dislike each other and uh, dislike the leaders of this church, thinking, oh, how, why is that person in that place? Who gave them that position, knowing that they're such unworthy, unworthy people? And of course, I'm not a great leader like like Moses. But I do know that God really dislikes, hates it when we when we start to judge the leaders that He has raised. So we have to acknowledge that God has raised that leader, whether regardless of what they are doing, regardless of uh, how how uh, unworthy they may seem. So in this story, whose side is God? Whose side will God be on? And because Moses has received the leadership of the Lord, and he would have, it would have been impossible for him to remain in that position without receiving the leadership of the of of God, as well. But. What? Oh, 
Anyways, he is using some analogy to 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 explain leadership. Because the fate of Israel was decided through Moses by And so likewise, if I, as the leader of this church, was to, were to, to stumble or to fall down, then this whole church will be shaken because of that, because I'm the leader of this church. But right, right now, the world is, is, is not working according to, to this order. The world is, is working through, the, the, uh, democrat, uh, through a democratic way, and so every individual is more important. Even the church, and so even the contemporary churches are affected by by dem- democracy. People start to vote for the pastor that that they want, and then they they uh, evict that person if they and they tear down tear down their leaders if they do not like them, and vote them out of their places. And so when God tells me to do something. And, and God tells the people, God tells the people of the church not to touch upon the things that I've told, I have spoken to my servant. To, I have spoken to my servant. Then it is best for you not to, not to go against that, and you have to receive it as it is. And you might ask, what what happens if our pastors become corrupt? Then that is not an issue that you have to be worried about because God is going to take care of that issue. So don't do do, do anything hastily. <clears throat> just just acknowledge that my my pastor, my leaders will be touched by God Himself, and so I will just be faithful in the place that God has put me. So don't be too concerned of me. Don't don't worry about the things that that I'm doing. I'm not saying don't come and and care for me, but I'm saying do not overstep the boundaries. Do not concern about how I'm leading this this ministry at the moment. The more I try to imitate Moses, the more I realize I'm very different from him. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do me, anyways. Uh, they come to say, "Has the Lord spoken only through Moses?" They asked, "Hasn't uh, He also spoken through us?" And the Lord. Heard this, and so now they were trying to to uh, mock the position of, that Moses had with God. Of course, God speaks to all of His leaders, but there are certain things that He only talks to the the main leader. And so, all the leaders of this church, all of you guys, are able to hear the word of God and how maybe how the Lord is going to work in this church. But there are some things that He only speaks only to me as the leader of this church. So can you imagine you knowing something that I don't? If God speaks to you something about this church that He has has not spoken to me yet, then that means you have to become the leader of this church. So there are certain things, certain secrets that God has spoken to me only. 
So what Aaron and Miriam are saying here uh, is not incor- uh, in, in, uh, entirely incorrect, but it's in- incorrect in the sense that they think the Lord speaks to them the same way that the Lord speaks to Moses. And because there's a difference of, of intimacy, a difference of the, the relationship that they, may ha- they, that they have with God. Because God also has promised us in, in, in Amos that, that He does not work without speaking to His prophets beforehand. And so the higher your, your position in the church, the more the Lord requires from you, and also the more the Lord is able to speak to you. And that's, that's the, uh, a difference in the level of faith and the level of holiness. Let's say, for example, if you have a lot of money, you can become a CEO of a company. But if that CEO loses his leadership and he loses the ability to, to, to uh, lead that company and lead the people, then where will his followers, will his employees respect him as the leader of that company? No, they will just be there to work enough to, to earn their, their salary. They will not respect their lead, uh, the, the head of the company. And so to become the leader of God, you must enter into a deeper level, a higher level of intimacy with the Lord. And the Lord will enlarge your scale of faith, your scale of, 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 of holiness according to the position that He has given to you. You might say, oh, my circle leader is such a, 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 a spiritual blinded person. But no, you, ha- you cannot judge your circle leader in that way because that person has become the circle leader through the, the selection of the Lord. And so you have to respect the Lord's decision to, to why He put that person in that position. And that person will be in, encountering the Lord in a deeper level than you probably are. And that, that is more extreme for the associate pastors of our church as well. You cannot judge those pastors because they are in a deeper spiritual level with the Lord than you are. Our, our brother, our deacon Taehun, is, is, a, is a man with a big heart because no matter how much I tease him every day, he never gets upset. Uh, I'm doing this for your own good. I'm training you to become a good servant. Anyways, what's next? So we are. All the things that we're talking about right now is very important. Where if a community gives you a position, it gives somebody a position in the church, and even if their their spirituality, even if their faith is not up to that level yet, they're going to get there because because God has given them that position. And so do not judge the servants of God. And God gets really upset and displeased with you when you start to judge the leaders that He has set up. If you're, if you're complaining to and about the leaders that God has set before you, then you're complaining about God Himself. 
and you're going against him. In the case of Joseph, because he was brought, he was raised as a great leader. Even when the people came against him, he didn't speak a single word. And people who cannot become great leaders, and people who uh, people who cannot become great leaders, are people who have scars and issues with their previous leaders, and that's why they they cannot fall under their leadership easily. And as students. It, as students, it is the worst. Uh, the, the worst thing for you. The worst thing for you to do is 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 uh, judge your teachers and complain about them because that's nothing. Benef- nothing is beneficial to you when you start to judge your teachers, which is what I did in church. What I did in school. I was such a bad student because I never acknowledged my teachers. But that was completely different when I went to theo- seminary school. I respected the the professors and the teachers. And the reason for that is because before I didn't fall under the leadership of the Lord, but now I was under his leadership. I was under the Lord's dominion. And so the Lord has allowed me to respect the professors, respect the teachers, even though, even though the, the things that they're teaching may not, may not be correct. Verse 3. So first of all, what did God say when he heard these words of accusations? Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else in the face of the earth. And once the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out to the tent of meeting, all three of you. So this is also one reason why Moses was a great leader. He, was, he, was a gen- he had gentleness within himself, and that's one of the core elements to his leadership. Gentleness is a trait that allows you to to delay your judgment. The reason why Moses was so obedient towards the Lord and allow, allowed the Lord to work through him is because he didn't he didn't act according to his own judgment. So, so gentleness is the trait that allows you to take a step back and wait for the Lord to work through you. It's such a, a crucial and an important trait that we must all have. The first thing that you're required to do when you come into this church is to listen to the words of, of the eye of the typhoon and the Beatitudes. Because through those messages, the Lord starts to build his, his, uh, his starts to, to restore your true characteristics within you. So after you were saved, you're supposed to continue to work towards your, the perfection over the salvation. But the reason you cannot work towards that goal is, and stop growing spiritually is because you have, you have lost or you have never allowed the Lord to implement these traits into you. If Moses was not the leader of the Lord, then, then the two million people, the three million people that were following Moses would all be acting according to their own judgment. And think of the chaos that would that would that would have been. Mm-hmm. 
But the reason why the Israelites followed Moses and the reason why you guys are following me right now is because I'm leading this church through the will of the Lord, through, not through my own judgment, through, but through the will of God. So gentleness is such, a very, is such an important trait to the leaders of the Lord. But as you know, Moses as a person was not a gentle person. He was a person that was very urgent and, and acted according to his own judgment and instincts. But after the Lord was, uh, was, was, has called him to become his leader, he trained him and, and made him into a, a gentle person. And that is done through uh, challenges of faith and hardships. So when the Lord brings uh, a hardship upon you, if you're able to work through that difficulty with, with faith, then you would, you would come out the other end having learned something, having, been, having experienced spiritual growth. But even in the midst of hardship, if you, if you start to act by your own judgment and work according to, uh, according to your own strength, then you will become hardened. Like I said in the Beatitudes, the first goal for our spirituality is to become poor in spirit, according to the Beatitudes. Like I said before, if, you're, if, you're faith, if, if your bowl of faith is like a little cup, such as this cap, then the amount of things, amount of blessings that you may receive from God is very limited. And so it is so important for you to empty yourself, to become poor and poor in spirit. And in, in those common churches, when the ultimate goal for them is just to enter into heaven, then there's no reason for them to empty themselves. This task is not necessary for them because their goal is just to go to heaven. But to us, that is not the case. And, our, and, and this task of emptying ourselves has been given to us. And it's something that we must do over and over again until the day that we die. And so it is something that we cannot help because we have been born in the flesh. And both the old self and the new self is still present within us. It cannot be separated from us. And so we have to continue to deny ourselves, to surrender ourselves, and to empty ourselves in order for the new self to become more powerful. Uh, and the reason why you used some parts of your lives are still difficult and the reason why some parts of your life is good is because of, it's dependent on how much you have been busy in, in doing this task of emptying yourself. So your life right now is a result of uh, how much you're putting into effort, how much effort you're putting into, the, put into this task. <clears throat> people who are, are faithless, then, then even when the Lord comes to speak to them, they will be unwilling to accept what the Lord says and unwilling to repent of their past mistakes. So after you're emptied, what is given to you, it means the amount of, the amount of, uh, the, your capacity becomes greater, so you are able to receive more from the Lord. More of the Holy Spirit is able to be filled within you. And there's a certain taste, a great taste to, to experiencing spiritual growth in this sense. Why? When you look at students, 
Why are the 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 the, the students with good grades always good? Always having the best grades, and why why are they able to even become smarter? It's because of their attitude in their studies, and because they 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 really enjoy getting better grades. They they're able to motivate themselves to to get even better grades in the future. During my time in America. And during, uh, during my time in America, at first it was so difficult for me to, to understand English. It was very difficult until after three years. After three years of living in that environment, I finally started to hear English and understand it and was able to speak it. And that was such a great feeling that I, ex I experienced. And in... And before I was able to understand English, I, really, I had a hard time going, even going to restaurants because they asked so many questions in restaurants. What would you like? Do you want sides with that? What kind of drinks do you want? And so I couldn't, because I couldn't understand and I couldn't answer them, I was very timid and didn't, didn't go to a lot of, didn't go to restaurants. But later, after three years, when I started to hear English and understand it, I went to all the restaurants that I, I wanted to visit. And no matter what they asked me, I was able to answer them correctly. And I was even able to request things that they, they didn't offer. For example, like mayonnaise or condiments. But anyways, English, English brought a lot of pain to me. But that is the same with spiritual growth as well. So once you learn, once you get a taste of what, it mean, what, it, what it's like to experience spiritual growth, you become more motivated to, to empty yourself so that you can experience more. And this is something that we have talked about all throughout this conference. You need to experience what it means to empty yourself and, mean, uh, and for the Lord to come and fill you up according to how much you have emptied. said before, um, quantum computers, quantum computer chips will be made by the Antichrist. And they're going to implement it into the whole, the, the, every system of the world so that the Antichrist has ultimate control over technology. So let's move on. <clears throat> So, this, this gentleness, when you're emptied, the Lord gives you spiritual fullness. And two people who are filled with the Spirit, they're able to, they're able to lament, have the spirit of lament given to them. And the reason why you lament is because it is so painful for you to realize that whatever you have stuffed inside of yourself is hindering, hindering the Holy Spirit from working to, uh, upon you fully. 
On the other hand, people who are completely filled with whatever they want, they don't experience this lament, this lament because they don't even realize what they're losing. So people who are filled with the Holy Spirit are able to lament. People who are, are, are busy uh, emptying themselves will realize how much pain it brings the Lord. And so through this task of emptying oneself, what is emptied in the end? Oh, you're able to empty your own thoughts, your own judgment, your own standards. <laughs> Who gave you so many gifts for becoming uh, uh, an elder, female elder? What did you write in your letter to your wife? Anyways. <clears throat> so your own thoughts, your own ways, your own standards will be empty through this process of emptying oneself. And once it is empty, what happens is that you start to be able to listen to the voice of God more clearly. And since you are able to hear the words of God, you're able to delay your judgment. But people who live by their own strength and by their own thoughts, they cannot have this trait of gentleness because they just automatically listen to themselves. People who are gentle, people who have gentleness are people who are able to wait for the Lord to, 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 for, for the Lord to work through them. And so in Moses' case as well, when an issue is brought before him, he, didn't, he doesn't judge it according to his own thoughts, but rather he, he kneels down to the Lord and asks the Lord what he should do. And even in the case of Stephen, Stephen was willing to be beaten to death by stone, and he was able to kneel down and pray to God in that situation. If, if it was me, then I would have prayed to God saying, Lord, would you strike these people down by lightning for they have hurt your servant. But that's what gentleness is. He was able to stay calm and pray to the God, pray to God in the midst of being stoned to death. So being filled with the Holy Spirit means you have become a being that is under the control of the Lord. Lamentation is emptying oneself. Lamentation is emptying what, what is within you, and gentleness is a trait that allows you to stay calm, uh, in calm during whatever situation that may come, to, whatever is thrown at you. And you have to realize that judgment is uh, a very dangerous thing to, to do, judging somebody, because once you judge that person, what that person is going through, what the, what spirit is working upon him, will, will directly come into you as well. So, you, we cannot live without emptying ourselves. We must become gentle, become mild. 
so that no matter what comes to you, what hardships, what sufferings, what tribulations come to you, you're able to delay your judgment and follow the will of the uh, will of the Lord. And what that brings you is it brings you peace in the end, peace and harmony, because you're not influenced by your situation anymore. Some people get crazy and go insane when they lose money. And they start to calculate what they can do to, to earn money or to, uh, to, to take money from others. But that, that's not the case with people who have this trait of gentleness. If they lose something, if something is taken away, they just ask the Lord for help. Lord, would you help me? Show me your will. And after emptying yourself and, and after receiving the will of the Lord, you will be given a pure heart. And the reason why Moses was able to see the Lord face to face in this way was because he had a pure heart after living with the Lord for many years and becoming his leader. So the reason why Moses was uh, has uh, the reason why the Lord was able to work through Moses was because of the trait of gentleness that Moses had in this point. He was able to delay his judgment and he was able to follow the will will of God. And that's why he was able to lead his assembly in the direction of the Lord. So that's why we now realize how important gentleness is. So do not be lazy in the task of emptying yourself. And God will give you the spirit, the heart of uh, lament. He give you the ability to lament, to empty yourself. Then he will give you a pure heart, which allows you to delay your judgment, delay your thoughts, delay your actions, to wait for him to work. And when you live this kind of life, you will be able to stop working uh, according to your, your instincts and your impulses. Many people think if you don't do something that you have been doing all your life, then your life is going to break apart. But that's not the case. Let's say a frog saw a snake coming to him. If the frog stays calm and doesn't move, then the snake will not be able to sense the presence of the frog and he will be safe. But a frog that lost its gentleness would jump around and try to run away from the snake. But as soon as it starts to twitch or move, the snake is going to take its life. So the reason why your life is in shambles or you have faced many, many, many difficulties is because you have not followed the will of God. I cannot do this. I cannot live without this. If there's something in your life that you cannot, you cannot let go, then that, that something is going to bring a lot of difficulty and issue into your life. Because sooner or later, it's going to come between you and the Lord. So, first of all, it is important to realize if you're legal, if you're, uh, if you're legalistic or not. 
And also, it is important for you to know whether or not you have this trait of gentleness. Are you able to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit? And are, are you, do you have enough self-control to let the Holy Spirit work before you start to move? Humans Humans do not have strength to, to resist themselves when, when a situation is given to them that, that stimulates their flesh. And so this trait of gentleness can only be given to us by, by God. And we're able to maintain that state through the fullness of the Holy Spirit. This is not a theory. It is, the core, core, it is a core element of leadership. The reason why this church has been successful up until now is because we, we leave everything up to the Lord to decide. And we are willing to follow the Lord's guidance, follow His will. That's why we're able to spread this ministry and, and affect people all over the world. But imagine if I, the leader of this church, weren't able to receive the Lord's directions and was unwilling to follow His directions. Then where, where would the church end up being? Another important thing is if you have a spiritual scar within yourself, then it becomes difficult for you to become gentle. Or it is impossible for you to become gentle. So that's why it is so important for you to get rid of your scars, get rid of your, your, your bindings. When, when the Lord tells you to, be, to stay in a certain place, if you... Uh, if you have a scar within yourself, within you, then it will, even if the Lord tells you to stay, you won't be able to stay and you'll start to move uh, away from it because of that scar that is present within you. So that's why it's so important to get rid of it. So let's move on. Uh, at, once, at once the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out to the tent of meeting, all three of you. So as soon as the Lord heard of of what is what Mary what Miriam and Aaron was was doing to Moses, he acted out. He acted direct uh, instantaneously because his the, the, the Moses' leadership and the Lord's leadership was being questioned. Uh, by, by others. And that's why the Lord started to work instantaneously. And I'm going to say for sure that if you go against me as well, the Lord's going to work instantaneously as well. Whether that it's going to take one or two days, I don't know, but God is going to work when, when the, the question of leadership is being touched in this church. So the Lord appeared. Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud. So the pillar of cloud was was uh, was brought upon this earth to lead the Israelites in the wilderness, and also it is used to cover up the the sun from directly directly hitting the Israelites as well. And think how, 
think how urgent the Lord was here. He didn't stop for them to take rest or, or to, to set up the tents for a short rest. He, in the middle of this march, march going around the wilderness, the Lord appeared out of nowhere. He appeared through the pillar of cloud to come to speak to these three. It's because the Lord knew that he could not let, neglect uh, Miriam and Aaron from, from talking against his leader. He knew that this issue would become greater if he, if he left it. And so in the church as well, if you start to talk against your, your pastors, your ministers, then that is, that is a very dangerous act. In the beginning of our homeschool program as well, the parents had talked amongst themselves and gossiped about what, what the church was doing to uh, their kids in the beginning of NSIP. And that brought a lot of pain and a, and a lot of wickedness into the community as it was happening. So we have to look at the story very, very uh, precisely here. God appeared suddenly and very abruptly because this is a huge issue when it comes to leadership. He, he, just, came, he just appeared in the middle of the Israelites walking in the wilderness when, uh, as they were being led by the pillar of cloud. So this can be applied to this church as well. In the future as well, do not complain, do not talk against your leaders. Because God is going to work upon you. God is going to come and strike you if, you if you talk against, if you go against your leaders. And it becomes, especially the parents, if you, if you speak against your leaders in your households, that's going to bring a very negative and bad influence to your kids. And so your whole family, whole family will be affected when you start to, to judge people like that. But even if your, your leader is in the wrong, even if your leader has done something foolish, you shouldn't, you shouldn't complain or go against them, but rather pray that the Lord will, would help them out, pray that the Lord will restore them. And through those prayers of blessing, the Lord is going to bless you and your family as well. So leave the leaders to be touched by God. Verse 6, he said, Listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. So God speaks to all his leaders, and God speaks to everybody who believes in him. But there are certain things that he speaks to Moses only, with Moses only. And, and Miriam and Aaron had to acknowledge that and accept that fact. Do you think God would have spoken everything that he spoke with Moses to, to Miriam and Aaron? Probably not. And in the case of this church as well, what the Lord speaks to his leaders will not be spoken to everybody else. And in, this, in the perspective of the gospel, it's the same. Paul defines the gospel as a secret. 
because the, even though everybody can read the Bible, everybody can read the words of the gospel, not everybody will be able to understand the gospel and the meaning behind those words. And those meanings will be revealed by the Lord's apostles, the pastors. And that's, that means that the Lord reveals His revelations. He reveals His secrets to His servants. So the Lord speaks through them in visions and dreams. But verse 7, but this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. Faithful, being faithful, faithfulness. So the reason why Moses was faithful was because he had faith. But also faithful has, contains the meaning of being truthful, being sincere. And that means he only looked towards, he only, he only focused on the Lord. He didn't go between other things, but only focused his sights to the Lord. But like I said before, if the, if the impulses of the flesh is very strong within you, then that really hinders your focus, uh, focus to the Lord. What is being uh, obedient? Being obedient and being 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 loyal, allegiant, and having fidelity means means you're able, you're willing to die for that person, or you're willing to die for that cause. And so, patriots are people who are willing to die for their nation, die for their country. And there were many people who, who gave their life in, for the independence of Korea back in the day. And they're regarded as true patriots of this country. Anyways, dying for your country. And that means when we're, when we're loyal for the Lord, that means we're willing to die for Him. We're willing to die for His gospel. And as a disciple, you're supposed to follow your, your mentor. But if you, if you do not empty yourself before the Lord, then that means you're, you're not willing, you're unable to follow your leader, which is Jesus. You're not willing to put yourself before the cross and follow that cross. But when you live by the flesh, then that person cannot be defined as being loyal or having fidelity. In the Bible, it says, you should give followers to those who are loyal, give followers to those who are, have pledged their allegiance to, to you. And that's, imp that's how important, and that's how important this trait of, of loyalty is, how fidelity is. Even if you're, uh, even if you're uneducated or do not know history that well, it doesn't matter as long as you're loyal to the Lord and loyal to the church. And, and sometimes the Lord will, will work through the proclamations of His servants. And so if you say something happened in history and that's not true, the Lord will acknowledge the words of the, of the lawyer, the words of, the, of, of His righteous ones. And so history may be changed according to your words as well. 
anyways. Loyalty. The word for this word loyalty. The reason why loyalty comes to us so, so powerfully is because we can be loyal to God in many different ways. Moses was loyal to God. And he was loyal to God as a servant. He was faithful as a servant to God. We also are loyal to God. And how are we loyal in the house of God? We are loyal as his heirs. If you, if you don't realize that you are, you are an heir to the things of God, to the kingdom of God, then you easily give up, give up being here. I give up believing the Lord because you don't realize what great things He has prepared for you. But once you know truly that you are, you are an heir, that God is going to give you His kingdom, then you should be able to easily put your life, give your life for everything that, that He, uh, for, or give your life for Him. And that comes from having a deep relationship with the Lord. Look at the difference in loyalty. Look at the difference of faithfulness between Miriam, Aaron, and Moses. The loyalty and the faithfulness that Moses had cannot be compared with, uh, is incomparable to the, 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 the relationship and the faithfulness that these two had. So look at us as well. The amount of faithfulness that we that, that we should have is also very different and incomparable with the with the faithfulness that, that the people of the Bible would have because we have been called as the heirs of his kingdom. And all this comes from your relationship with the Lord. So even right now, as the sons of the Lord, as his heirs, it, is, it should be logical for us to be loyal to the Lord. And your fidelity, your faithfulness is directly connected to the glory of God as well. Because the Lord acknowledges your allegiance. He also pours upon you His glory and He trusts you with, your, with His glory. So in this way, uh, loyalty, faithfulness, fidelity is important to us. So first of all, you need to be loyal to God, and second of all, you have to you have to be faithful in your in your relationship with the Lord, confirming that you are His child, that you are an heir to His kingdom. And that's why we only receive everything through God. And now let's move on. Verse 8. Right now we're looking at the difference between Moses and the rest. The leadership of Moses and the leadership of the rest are very different. Verse 8. With him I speak face to face. In verse 6, other people are revealed. The Lord reveals himself to them in visions and, and dreams. But to Moses, he speaks to him face to face. Uh, but 
To be frank, Moses did not meet God face to face, but he served to hear directly the voice of God directly from God. And it goes on to say, I speak to him face to face, clearly not in clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. And in the Old Testament, this was something that was very unique and special. But people of the New Testament, people like us, <laughs> this is not special because of what Jesus did. We are all able to hear and listen to the Lord and meet the Lord face to face. In 2 Corinthians, we talked about how we have been made into a new creation, that we're living in the age of grace. And you ever realize how different that is to the people who have been living in the Old Testament? prophets of the Old Testament, as soon as the presence of God, as soon as the Holy Spirit is taken away from them, they stop their ministries and they, they usually end up uh, uh, ending their lives. But in the New Testament, all the ministries that we are doing, all the things that we are doing before the Lord is stored within us because the Holy Spirit has been given to us. And so all the blessings, all the achievements, all the accomplishments of faith are being stored within us. So all the, the compliments that, that God is, has made to Moses here are, are being given to us as well right now in, in this time, in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, how highly did God regard Moses? He was willing to have saved Moses while killing off hundreds and thousands of the, the Israelites who were who were disobedient. But think about the glory that you're receiving right now. The glory that you're receiving right now is probably greater than the, mo- the glory that Moses saw. In the Old Testament, whenever somebody received glory, where they're in the presence of glory, they had to cover themselves because that glory will fade. There will come a time where they won't have to uncover, they will be able to uncover themselves because that glory is going to be fade away. But the glory that we are receiving right now, that glory never fades. It continues to be poured upon you. It continues to shine within you. And like I said, Jesus would have come to, to save, uh, he would have come upon the earth wearing the flesh to die for one person, to die for you, a single person. That's how important we are in the eyes of God, and that's how, how much he loves us. And that's why all of us, we need, to have, we need to be met with the event of Damascus in order to encounter the God that loves us so much that he's willing to sacrifice his own son. And how can you live with the same mind knowing what the, what the true God has done for you? So in a sense, we must all be insane for the Lord. 
So in the Old Testament, Moses was a special servant because of what of, of all the compliments and all the things that God has written in this in this uh, uh, in this verse. But what Jesus did for us in the New Testament is, is even greater than what he, uh, was done for Moses. So even though we are unable to directly see the face of God, we can we can get a, uh, a sense of what of who Jesus is. It is like looking into a, a dull mirror. We can see the overall form of Jesus. We know that he has two eyes, one nose, and one mouth, just that, just like us. And that will be the same face that we're going to see when we, when we are able to finally meet him in the millennial kingdom. But, but people who live in the flesh, people who are sensitive to the flesh, won't be able to see that glory, won't be able to see the face of God. Uh, even, even the light of angels and the light of archangels will be, will, will be even greater. Their light itself will be able to shine the whole world probably. But even the angels, even though they're so, so pure and, and holy, they're unable to see the Lord's face. And that when they're in the presence of the Lord, they have to cover themselves with, with their wings in order not to be, to, to be burned. And try looking at the sun right now. The sun is so bright that when you, when you look at it for long periods of time, you will lose your sight. But the, but the light that shines from the face of God, the light that shines from the face of Jesus is even greater than the sun. But through the, the sacrifice of Jesus, we're able to see the, the, the light that shines from the face of, face of God. And why is that? It's because that light is already within you. When you were saved, God has already given you His light, given you His Holy Spirit to, to remain within you. So do, do not think this is very abstract or mystical. Or, but, uh, but think of this as, uh, as an actual event that has happened once you were saved. So all of us who are saved should be able to see that light that shines from the face of God. People who live while, while, while receiving this light will shine. Their, their spiritual shine and their faces will also shine as well. But people who reject that light, people who are unwilling to look at that light, their faces will be dark and their spirits will be dark. So one way to test how much you've been living in this light is to go to visit some witches or visit some shamans. If they, if they run away being scared by your presence, that means you are emanating this light that shines from the face of the Lord. But if, if, but if you visit them and they shake your hand saying, welcome old friend, then that means something is severely wrong with how you have been living before the Lord. face to face so being, meeting the Lord face to face is so important through the, through the sacrifice of Jesus we're able to see his face it's not his actual face but we get the basic gist of what, what uh, his face is like and on that day we'll be able to see truly meet the Lord face to face and we will say oh you look just like me 
And that is only possible when you live your current life with your spiritual eyes open to the Lord. And that means you have to live with your spirit. Your spiritual life has to become your practical life in order for you to to encounter Him face to face. And living in your flesh may not cause you a lot of problems on this earth right now, but it, it is a huge problem when it comes to living with the Lord because He Himself is a spirit. And He says, uh, I speak to Him clearly and not in riddles. And in your, in, your, uh, in your relationships, when you have close friends, you're able to share your secrets to them. But there are certain secrets that you keep to yourself, even to your friends. But, but usually you're completely, you try to be completely transparent, transparent to your, your wife or your, your spouse. Because you are because you're married to one another, you need to trust one another, you have to be completely transparent with one another, not keeping any secrets. But God, with our relationship with the Lord, He calls us His holy brides. So that means God Himself is not willing to, to keep any secrets from us. He's willing to become transparent to, to His holy brides. So that's what He's saying to uh, that's how He's um, explaining his relationship with Moses here to the rest of Israel. Do you have any secrets with your wife? So even up here, I'm able to look, see every one of your faces because I'm higher up. Think of how much the Lord is able to see on his throne. And the Lord goes on to say, He sees the form of the Lord. And as well, and that this means, even though He says He sees the form of the Lord, it's not His complete form. Moses would have seen the Lord like, like somebody who was just passing by you very briefly, and He's unable to see clearly the form of the Lord. But. But Moses, even though he was living in the Old Testament, he, maybe it wasn't complete, but he was able to reach a certain point of, of completion in the image of the Lord that, he has, that, that has been given to him by God. But we who live in the New Testament, God has given us the Holy Spirit, which helps us and aids us in, in, in completing the image that God has given to us. Moses was not given the system, was not given the chance to complete the image of the Lord that has been given to us. But we who live in the New Testament are given those conditions, are given the ability to, to, to be able to, uh, to, to, to reach the completion of that image, which is being glorified, entering to glorification. So that's why the Lord says we're, He's not willing to trade one of us with, with a thousand others. And are you able to believe in His words? That the Lord is willing to, to save you, is willing to save you than the rest of, the, uh, than the rest of, his, uh, of his creation. 
because uh, God wasn't willing to trade Moses for 600,000 people because Moses was so precious to him. But that is even more amplified when it comes to us who live in the New Testament. And these are not just sugar-coated words that the Lord is giving to us for us to feel good about ourselves, but it is a promise that He has given to us. How do you think about that? Are you able to believe, believe it? If you're able to believe this fact, if you're able to believe in the words of God, then you won't live such a faith, faithless life. You cannot live your life in vain once you realize how precious you are in the eyes of God. It's because you don't truly believe in these words that you live, uh, that you continue to live in your own strength by your own judgment. And how can you fall into despair? How can you become disappointed once you realize how precious you are in the eyes of God? So once you believe, you will be turned upside down. In the Old Testament, Moses was a, was a man that saw the glory of God that is incomparable to the glory that the others saw, the other 600,000 saw. So that's why the Lord said he's not willing to trade Moses for them. But for us as well, all the mockery, all the abuse, and all the persecutions that you will receive from the world will be, will be avenged by you by God in the end. And the world will come to regret doing, every, doing anything to you. And the only reason why you have to respect me and people like me who have been put in a position by the Lord is that the Lord has allowed more responsibility to us. And even though we have received the same glory, we have different positions and titles and respons- responsibilities. So that's why the portion of some things may be different between you and me or between you and your leaders. So let's finish up. So loyalty, uh, loyalty and gentleness, these are the traits of the Lord's leaders. And we have been given a greater, greater glory than that, than that of, uh, Mo, uh, of Moses. And so you have to believe it, believe and receive and accept that God has given you this glory. Once you believe it, you will instantaneously follow under, uh, be able to see the glory of the gospel. <clears throat> and from that, from that, you receive stability. You won't be shaken by the world anymore. So now let's finish up. The anger of the Lord burned against them, and he left them. And now God was angry. In verse 10, when the cloud lifted above the tent, Miriam's skin became leprous. It became as white as snow. Aaron turned toward her and saw that she had defiling skin disease. So this is the outcome of their, of their disobedience. So... <laughs> Since Miriam was kind of acting like a, uh, like a racist, God turned her skin completely white since she, I guess that's what she liked. So our God is a very humorous God. And 
he said, Moses, please, my Lord, I ask not to hold against us the sin we have so foolishly committed. What is important is verse 13. So Moses cried out to the Lord, please, God, heal her. Moses had the trait of gentleness. And the core of gentleness is that the reason why you can be gentle is because you have received the love of the, the Lord, the Father. If it was me, I would have been said, I, I would have said to them, I told you so. That's what you get for, for going against me. But not Moses. He cried out to the Lord, please save her, even though she was in the wrong. So, so when you sin, so when you sin and don't repent, I cannot do anything for you. But when you are willing to repent, I can cry out to the Lord, to the Lord saying, Lord, would you forgive them and, and heal them? So Moses was able to cry out to the Lord because they have realized their faults, they have realized their, their sins. And that's why Moses started to cry out to the Lord. And this is because of the spiritual order. Moses cannot do anything. Moses could have done nothing for them when they were unwilling to acknowledge their mistakes. So everything starts from repentance when, when you have sinned. So gentleness, loyalty, glory, and love, these, is, these are the cores, core elements of Moses' leadership. Verse 14, the Lord replied to Moses, If her father has spit in her face, would she not have been in disgrace for seven days? So back in the day, when, when your child does something shameful in your eyes or, or brings shame upon your family, you would represent that through spitting in their faces. It says, confine her outside the camp for seven days. After that, she can be brought back. So, the reason why she has to be confined, she has to be quarantined in a sense, is because she brought disgrace upon uh, Israel. She brought disgrace to Moses, who is the leader. She, and so ultimately, she brought disgrace to God. And this is the relationship that God had with Moses. When somebody touches Moses, it means, God, it means that somebody touch, touches, touches the Lord. God takes it personally when his leaders are being attacked. And that's the kind of nobility that it also has been given to us. God calls you the glory of praise, uh, the praise of glory. So all these, these, these uh, special benefits, almost like benefits or blessings that were given to Moses had, were, were very special in the, in the Old Testament. It was only given to a selected few. But the, these blessings have been given to every one of us who are living the New Testament. He calls us His praise of glory. Verse 15, So Miriam was confined outside the camp for seven days, and the people did not move until, until she was brought back. Three, three million people had to stop and make camp because of Miriam, because of Aaron. So in the spiritual sense, when you look at a church, 
when when these uh, when these events happen to the church as well, the, the church has to uh, will, the church will, will have to come to a halt in the spiritual sense. So, so the more of these events that happen, the more our, our ministry will be delayed because we have to stop and, and regroup and be restored. So now in this year, when all these new leaders have been set up, we must all become obedient and become loyal to the words of the Lord. Until the day of the Lord comes to us, we must be vigilant and stay upright to prepare the way for Him. So let's conclude the message and pray. Today, as I preached, there were some, some events that happened along the way. People mistaking Korean, Korean history, people thinking that their, their debt is actually their, uh, their, their property and all that. Their asset, okay. <clears throat> You guys really need to thank the Lord for giving you such a humorous pastor. And anyways, you have to receive the blessing of leadership today. And this leadership has to come down like a waterfall upon us. Gentleness, loyalty, the glory and love, and the pride of God. All these elements of leadership has to be given to you. Believe in this message. Because this gift, this, this present has been given to us by, by Jesus, our, our older brother. So receive and believe in it, or believe and receive it. Lord, would you help us to receive this enormous uh, gift that you have given to us? Let all the leaders be, be turned completely upside down through this message, so that they would, they would receive your blessing, your blessing of leadership, like a waterfall. Raise them up as leaders so that no matter who they lead, no matter what they lead, they will lead it according to your will. Lord, give us a, a, a stronger leadership than a Moses because we know that we are your heirs. We are heirs to your kingdom. So let us receive your dominion and would you bless this church. And let us be completely broken down before your gospel in this year of 2023 so that we can completely be remade in, in your gospel. Lord, would you bless us? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for blessing us with, with this grace. And no matter where we go, no matter what we are doing, would you lead us to victory? Continue to remind us of how precious we are, how noble we are in your eyes. Lord, would you help this community continue to, to reveal your glory upon this earth? And would you receive the offering that we have lifted up today and use it for your will, use it for your, for your ministry? And bless all those who have offered their money to you. And would you bless this year so that we will all be restored in this new year? And believe all the things that you have done for us. Now, by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church and through the Holy
holy love of the Father and the indwelling, comforting, fulfilling work of the Holy Spirit to the saints who are willing to become great leaders like Moses and those who believe in this nobility upon their families, upon their churches, their children, their inheritance, their businesses, upon Zoe Ministry and upon your Church. May this blessing rest now from now until forevermore. Amen.